This podcast is made possible through donations from listeners like you and our partners at Goalie Ashwa Gummies. You can find them at goalie.com. Use promo code the Show Up That Foundation to get 10% off your order. Zendurance Active Wellness and Sports Nutrition. Their products are designed to maximize your health. At Zendurance, they strive to support and have a positive impact on the wellness of every hardworking dad. Use my code, the show up dad, and get 10% off your next purchase. For more info, go to www.zendurance.com. Tall Man Equipment, standing taller than the rest of the competition in Lyman Tools since 1952. Give them a follow at www.tallmanequipment.com. And last but not least, Adam Lane Smith. He is an attachment specialist who helps people to heal, connect, and build. Use my promo code SHOW, spelled S-H-O-W, for a 50% discount on his attachment boot camp course. Thank you. Welcome to the Show Up Dad podcast. Our special guest today is Lane Price. He's an experienced lineman with a remarkable story. He has overcome a challenging battle with opiate addiction and found strength through his faith in Jesus Christ. Lane's journey has led him to become a trainer at B&B Electric Construction, where he combines his passion for work with his ministry to young workers. He is also involved in celebrating recovery, helping others find hope in their struggles. Lane's story is a testament to the power of grace and gratitude. Get ready to be inspired as Lane shares his wisdom and faith on this episode of the Show Up Dad podcast. Welcome to our show, brother. What's going on, brother? How's it been? Man, it's been great, man. Long time no talk. Uh, August 2021 is the last time we spoke. Yes, sir. And big things has been happening, man. God showed up and showed out in my life, definitely. Uh, I, I spoke with you earlier and said if you would have told me 10 years ago, we would be doing this right now and talking about the things we're talking about. I would have said, no, not me, but God had different plans, my friend. And here we are. Yeah, for sure. Well, man, welcome to our show once again, dude. Um, like I said, you had been a past guest. You had a tremendous story where you talked about your struggles and, and your opiate addiction and stuff like that. How have things been going since, since the last time we spoke, brother? Been going great, man. Uh, like I said, I, after we last spoke, I got my CUSP, which is for you know, y'all that don't know the line, uh, industry It's a certified utility safety professional license. Uh, I always wanted to get into safety and training. And after my wreck that I'll talk about a little later on, uh, I wasn't the same in the field. I hurt all day stayed on my feet. So, uh, I, I got that taken care of, uh, which to add in was probably the hardest test I've ever had to take in my life. A lot of OSHA standards, uh, mm-hmm. and started, uh, technical training for Titan utility and then got an offer by BNB electrical construction, which I want to give out a, sh- a big shout out and a big thanks to Janine Brooks and EJ Bailey. Uh, they actually put their faith in me and went out on a limb when I interviewed for the job, uh i went in the interview went great i liked them uh but i added the end i said i just want y'all to know that i'm on a no hire list here but i mm-hmm. I, I i'm a changed person and i want a second chance and i left the interview with not much hopes of getting a job uh but they called back three days later and offered me the job i said well what about the no hire list they said well we got that taken care of the guy that we interviewed was not the guy described on the no hire list and I knew right then that God put me right where he wanted to. So I want to thank them. It, you know, that it was a big blessing in my life. It got me home. Uh, and mm-hmm. to add, I've also got remarried in November uh, to wow. my high school sweetheart, uh, which is a God fearing woman that has really lit a fire in me for God. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's life is great, man. There's a lot of changes that have happened. It seems like for the best too, man, that's, that's awesome to see, man. I always like to see people doing better. You know what I mean? You should not be stagnant. You should not be making changes in your life, right? Um, they say you rest, you rust. Yeah, so it's good. So it's good to see that you are making positive uh, progressions in your life, man. So congratulations on your 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 new wife as well, too, man. That's a big deal, man, for sure. Appreciate it. I said that everybody at Caesar said if she ever gets her eyes checked, I'm gonna be a single man. How I got something so beautiful, I'll never know. But I've got her, I've got her tricked right now. So just keep her fingers crossed. But it's all about the grace of God, man. I didn't do this. I had to die to myself to get to where I'm at. And I do that sometimes on a minute by minute basis, a definitely a daily basis. I die to myself and let God take the wheel. So with that being said, uh, David, if you don't mind, I'd like to open up with a prayer before we get started. 
Yeah, for sure. Go ahead, brother. Let's pray. Tell me, Father, Lord, I want to come to you and thank you for the opportunity to do this podcast and speak to those that are lost and hurt and out there that maybe don't know you, Lord. I pray that uh, something we say today that would reach them and light a spark in their heart to get to know you, that know you like the Father that David and I know, the love and the care and the forgiving Father. Uh, Father, I ask for your forgiveness and failing you and taking my own path so many times in life. I thank you for the discipline that I received that puts me back on the straight and narrow. Father, I ask that your will, not mine, be done in all that I do. Father, I pray for focus on the ultimate role of a Christian, and that is to be fishers of men. I pray to be a vessel used to deliver your word to all those lost in the dark so that the light may conquer as it should. I pray to be used as a sword in your mighty army. Instead of delivering death, I want to bring forth love and a chance at eternal life. Thank you for that prayer. I know it's going to reach those that need it. And that's what we're called to do, you know, um, bring hope, right? And a good friend told me this, one of my my uh, pastors who sits on our board, he told me, he's like, as Lyman, what do we do? We go into places where people have lost hope. You know, when these storms roll in, they cause devastation, destruction, separation. He's like, everybody's lined up to leave the place. And we're the only souls that are brave enough to go into that place, right? We're going into that eye of the storm where we're going to start restoring hope. You know, we say power, but guess what? It's hope that we're restoring, right? Right. And as fathers and as men on this podcast, that's our job. We are here to restore power back to the fathers to lead their families. Yes, so yes. so thank know, you for that. Think, think, thinking of that, you know, that brings to mind the, 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 the verse in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it states, when anyone is in Christ, it's a whole new world. The old things are gone and suddenly everything is new. And, you know, thinking about that, talking about leading into a storm and weathering the storms of life. Uh, you know, I, I suffered so many years in silence and uh, kind of to rehash on what we had spoke about last podcast. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm going to kind of run them through my, my little quick life story in a nutshell. Uh I was, I come from a great family. My mom and dad were awesome country folk, uh, brought me up the country way. My mom and dad raised me old fashioned, uh, but I was molested as a child uh, around the ages from eight to 10 years old. And being a young child, a lot of that got blocked out from my, uh, from my brain blocking it out and kind of, kind of sheltered me from it. But later on around you know, 13, 14 years old, all that stuff started coming back and I was faced with a choice to make, I could either tell my parents and let the wheels of justice roll and chances are my dad being the person he was, he would have probably killed him and I would have lost my dad. Mm -hmm. So instead I decided to keep it quiet and shoulder the burden on my own and keep in mind, I, I, I wasn't walking with God at this time. So it was, it was a brutal path. I got took down uh, a lot of self-loathing, a lot of self-hatred, uh, majorly distorted view of love. Uh, mm -hmm. And, I was 17 years old and got introduced to pain pills through a doctor. And uh, I may say it the wrong way, but to tell you how powerful the opiates were to me, the first pain pill I took, I got the same powerful feeling as when I got baptized. And that, that is power. That's the devil. And for the first time since all that happened to me as a child, I didn't think about that. I didn't have that hatred. I didn't have that loathing. I didn't have that shame or that guilt or that nasty feeling. And the bad thing is with alcohol and drugs and gambling and whatever it is you're addicted to or people pick up for a short while, they work, right? They, they yeah. work. They, they do the trick that they're meant to do, but then it gets to be more and more to get that feeling or to, to block those thoughts or what have you. And then for long, they don't work anymore. And then you're still faced with a major addiction and you're still faced with your problems. And, you know, then I found line work and line work was awesome. And, you know, through the drug addiction, I, I hurt a lot of people. I pushed my family away. I lost my family in which naturally they should have kept me at arm's distance. I was not healthy to be around. I was yeah. lost. I was not the same lane. Uh, so when I got to line work and we had that crew mentality, that was my family. And mm -hmm. if you know anything about the old school line work, there was a lot of drugs and alcohol and things that go on the road there. So, uh, I already come into line work with an addiction and it just furthered through line work. Uh, and I always said line work was the only thing that I ever come across in life that I didn't mm -hmm. just really have to try to do it come natural. So I loved it. And I love the drugs too, because it didn't, I didn't suffer from past traumas. Mm -hmm. And, 
you know, that, that went on for years and years and years. And I ended up getting married and having two kids and it was a very unhealthy, toxic marriage, uh, verbally abusive, physically abusive. Uh, you know, she, she got to where she liked to put hands on me when we get in an argument and all that was done in front of the kids. And it was a horrible marriage, brother. And I, I tried to get us all in church. Um, and, mm -hmm. We all did get in church at one point in time and the kids followed and we were doing, the marriage was doing great. And then mm -hmm. when her mother passed away, she left the church. And then shortly after the devil found his way into our marriage and ran rampant, as you know, he does, you know, yeah. and that's the, that's the best thing the devil ever did in his book was he convinced, convinced people he wasn't real. And, mm -hmm. but he is, he's alive and well. The devil is like a lion that seeks to kill and destroy. He's here. Yeah. Uh, you, you can look at my life. Uh, but there is a way out of that, and it's God. You know, when I hit my lowest in, um, in 2015, I was arrested for prescription mm -hmm. fraud and a couple of things. I, um, I originally got arrested for two counts of prescription fraud, 40 counts of possession, uh, and intent or unauthorized use of a movable. I was looking at 42 years in the penitentiary. Wow. And why God chose to shelter me from that I ended up with eight years on probation, eight years of supervised probation um, and 42 years in the penitentiary and with a susp suspended sentence. If you know anything like that about that, if I would have messed up when they sent me back or violated me, I would have had to do 40 years, 42 years day for day, no good time, no parole. And I did the math on that. I would have been almost 70 years old getting out of prison. So basically my life would have been over. Wow. So I started praying for a way out. Uh, God helped me. And, and, you know, unfortunately, a lot of people find their way to God through those foxhole prayers when they're in the middle of a storm or when they have nothing left, when they mm -hmm. hit their knees, you know, God's there. God's at the best place in your life. God's at the darkest place of your life. Mm -hmm. And I never did see that until, until just recently, you know, that the times that I thought I was furthest away from God was when God was right there, had his hand on me, brother. He had me sheltered. If not, I would have been dead long ago. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, sure. You know, I, I ended up through my opiate abuse. I overdosed three times and should have died. Uh, I was involved uh, in a bad accident. Uh, November 2017, I was working for a contractor and two guys on my crew got killed. Um and that that sent me down a rabbit hole. I was already going through a lot with my marriage and the addiction, but to see two young guys lose their life on the job, uh, it, it really messed me up. And I uh, dealing with trauma, I always found a way to shoulder people's burdens and kind of blame myself for their issues. And I, I think where that self-hatred and self-loathing comes in, I could always find a way to punish myself for other people's wrongdoings. Uh, mm. You know, so with that being said, I started losing a lot of sleep from bad dreams, uh, from the accident and things like that. And I was on the way home July the 5th of 2018 uh, from storm and I fell asleep and I had my left foot propped up on the air conditioner bench trying to stay awake. Uh, but when I run off the median, my truck flipped and it caved the windshield down on my left leg and I was ejected out of the pickup truck. So I was hanging by my left leg outside the driver's side window and the truck rolled. And when it rolled, it rolled over on me. And then when it rolled the second time, it shot me 150 foot up the interstate. So uh, the guy behind me saw me laying in the center line and uh, pulled mm -hmm. over and got me out, uh, which led to several surgeries and a couple skin grafts, uh, eight and a half months in a wheelchair. And once again, I was in deep despair. I, I, I lost my job. I was on the operating table, uh, seeing how much money it was going to cost, you know, long-term disability, short-term disability. Mm -hmm. uh, they decided to let me go. Uh, and that was all God working. God putting things into perspective for me and lining things up for the ultimate to get me where I'm at now. Although mm -hmm. I didn't see it then, I, I see it now. And I was like, God, why are you doing this to me? What, what more can I stand? I, I just thought my life was over. There I was. I was out of work. I was married in a horrible marriage. I was an opiate addict. I had my family beaten and abused and out of my life. And my life was just in shambles. So mm -hmm. when I come home from the hospital, I, I was stuck in the house. I had no friends. I had nothing to do. And I would go over and spend the day with my next door neighbor, roll over there and then roll back in the evenings. And my, my wife at that time was the first person I ever confided to about what happened to me as a child, the sexual abuse. Mm -hmm. uh, and one evening when I rolled back over there, uh, she looked me in the face and said, I don't want to say it on air, but it was horrible. Uh, what, what she said to me, once you go on back over there and let him, you know, from there. And 
that destroyed me, David. Like, you know, the, the first time I ever spoke to somebody about what happened to me, it got turned back around on me in a fight. And that's when I knew my marriage was over and it was time for a change that this wasn't healthy. I was going to die doing what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. So I, I pray, God, I, I'm yours. Use me as you want me. I will let go completely. I will not mm-hmm. try to hold on to any part of my life. You take it all. I failed miserably every time I've made a mess of it. I'm yours. Do what you choose. And that next year, my wife cheated on me for the third time. And that was that was my way out. The guy was a blessing. He really was. So, uh, you know, I filed for divorce and I moved home at this time. I was 180 pounds, looked like death. Uh, a buzzard couldn't have picked my eyes out of my skull. I was so, I was so bad. Wow. Um, and when I come home, I, I, I went home to my mom and dad's and I stayed home about a month and a half for two months, just sulking in misery, just miserable, wanting to die. Uh, and I knew of one person in my past that was a godly person to reach out to. And it was a girl I had dated for about a year and a half uh, and line work split us up. You know, she's a hometown, small town, country girl, never been too far away from home. And when I got to traveling a lot, we just grew apart. But I always remember she would always quote, quote scripture. She loved God on top of being gorgeous as all get out. Mm-hmm. So I called her, not expecting her to still be single, but lo and behold, she was single. You know, mm-hmm. so I, I called her, I was like, look, uh, you want to go out to eat? And we set up a dinner date for two days later and I come up here and picked her up. We went out to eat and we have not been apart since. And that was uh, July of 2020. Hmm. And uh, and her name's Carmen. Uh, Carmen Bianca was her, her maiden name and a godly girl. They were like, loves God on fire for God. You know, and my, my advice to any man out there to, to make us the foundation of a successful marriage. If your woman is not pursuing God faster than she's pursuing you then something needs to change and mm-hmm. and vice versa for the men too. If the men in the relationship is pursuing God faster than they're pursuing their woman, then y'all are going to have a rock solid foundation. If, if you can't love God first, then how can you love anybody else? You know, cause God actually started the foundation of love with John three sixteen. He gave his only begotten son to die for our sins. Right. So yeah. if, if the foundation of everything is not God based in love, then what do we have? We have nothing. It's, it's all built on sand rather than being built on the rock of God. So, uh, you know, and then after me and Carmen got together and dated for a while, I, uh, her brother is a Pentecostal preacher here in town. And mm-hmm. I saw a woman on stage by the name of Casey John East giving her testimony. And it was fire, brother. Like I was sitting here watching online and I was brought up in Church of Christ Church where you didn't breathe a word during service. Your grandma was going to peach you on that little fat part in the back of your arm and make you holler. But you yeah. couldn't holler out in church. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> man, I was on fire. I was ready to jump up and wave my hands and praise God watching this woman talk about God and what he's done in her life. Mm-hmm. And I told Carmen, I said, I want some of that. I got to get that. I got to go see about that. So, uh, like I said, I was brought up church of Christ, didn't know nothing about the Holy spirit or speaking in tongues or anything about that. I always thought that was mm-hmm. all make believe. So the first time I went to that church, uh, I went down on altar call and brother, the Holy spirit fell across me and I started shaking from head to toe. And I actually spoke in tongues that night. Me and my wife both did together mm-hmm. that night, which is, uh, if you've never experienced it, it is out of this world of all the experiences I've had in my life. I've never had nothing top that. That was absolutely awesome. And I saw God. I saw him. He loved me. He, he was here. And, uh, you know, that started the wheel spinning on uh, me trying to, to fall in step with God and try to be more like God and everything that I do. And granted, I, I'm far from perfect and got a long way yet to go. But uh, I, I've come a long way. And it's all, only by his grace. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I said, I had to die to myself to do that. And once I completely let go and let him take the wheel, he's brought me places I never knew nothing about and seen things I've never saw before and talked to people that I, I would have never talked to. And um, I got involved in Celebrate Recovery, which is a faith-based 12-step program and graduated that class uh, almost three years ago. Um, and actually now I'm teaching there. And it is not just for alcohol or drugs, it's for all your hurts, habits, and hangups uh, from porn addiction to sex addiction, to gambling, to anxiety, depression, alcohol, drugs, what, what have you. And there I've met some of the best people in my life. Uh, one, one guy in particular, uh, name is Joel. 
he, he was my teacher the first go round, and mm -hmm. I actually got through that class and through God setting me free and breaking those chains, I was able to start talking openly about the sexual abuse as a child mm -hmm. and started seeing my words and my experiences start helping people around me. And that's when it came to light that our true job as a Christian is to be fishers of men. Yeah. Not to take what God gives us and hoard it for ourselves, but to take it, let it take effect and complete the circle, keep on giving and watch it go. And, you know, through me talking about the most horrible times of my life, the most hurtful times in my life, talk, talking about it openly and seeing the effect it has on other men. And, you know, they say that one out of every three men has gone through sexual abuse as a child. Yeah. They actually believe the statistic is higher because men don't talk about it, right? Men are tough. Yeah. We, you know, we get hurt. We don't cry. We rub dirt in it. You're going to be okay. Which I'd like to add the shortest verse in the Bible is Jesus whipped, right? So men yeah. do cry, uh, you know, and through that, uh, you know, the times I talk about it in class or I talk about it and tell them my testimony, I've always got one guy that'll come up to me and talk and tell me, you know, I, what you said tonight really reached me and he don't have to say no more. I know that he, he experienced the same thing I did as a child, but to see God work in other people's life, that's almost as fulfilling as what he's done for me. And like I said, I, 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 I so am not worthy of what he's done for me. Uh, you know, he's blessed me with things that I didn't even have the presence of mind to even pray for. And to see how all the hard times and all the, the things that I thought I was suffering through was just God's steps and God's plans to get me to where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. It has been, it's been a heck of a ride. It's been tough at sometimes, you know, but God never put more on me than I could handle with him helping me. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if I would have tried to do it by myself, you know where I'd ended up. I'd have failed miserably. You know, so uh, trying to see if I left anything out. Uh, Lane, I had a question for you, for those of you, for, for our audience, actually. Um, for those who don't understand all the, the grace that God's bestowed in your life to change it from, you know, a, your, a mess to a message, right? Kind of like what God's done in your life. Um, I guess my question is, it takes obedience, correct? Definitely, definitely. Uh, you know, something that I do, or mm -hmm. you know, and it's little things that you can change. Uh, we mm -hmm. all have these little bitty habits that make us who we are. Mm -hmm. And one small little bitty detail that we can change in our life down the line can equal to something great. Uh, mm -hmm. Some uh, One thing I'll add, uh, the music I used to listen to. Mm -hmm. Being in line work, we like to listen to music that would pump us up at work. I call it killer puppy music. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, get you pumped up, ready to go do the work. Yeah. But when I got with Carmen, you know, she heard the music I was listening to and it, it almost scared her. And the last thing I would ever want to do is scare somebody that I love. So, you know, she told me, she said, you know, what you put in your eyes and your ears is what you become. Mm. You know, she was like, why don't you try listening to something inspirational? So I did. I started, I started listening to podcasts, Charles Stanley, Billy Graham, uh, T.D. Jakes, all the great preachers. I started listening. Uh, Joyce Meyer started mm. listening to inspirational stuff on the way to work or when I was trying to go to sleep at night. I would listen to that stuff. I don't, I don't even listen to the radio anymore unless it's Caleb, which is a Christian station around here. It, yeah. Uh, I, I listen to inspirational stuff and I see what it's done for me. And I start my morning off every morning, read my three minute devotional that if you follow me on Facebook, you'll see that uh, I, I take a picture of the devotional and then I write my prayer down for the morning. And just doing those little bitty things has furthered my relationship with God. And, you know, I, I always used to shy away from the Bible and things because I would read the Bible and flip the page and I couldn't remember what I just read and I couldn't mm -hmm. memorize verses. And I, it always made me feel stupid in a sense or like it wasn't for me. Yeah. But God has different ways of impacting different people. And mine and yours is to talk to people. We're naturally talkers, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and spread his message like that you don't have to quote scripture or, or or things like that to be a godly man and that's where i had it confused you know so just little details and being obedient about that and staying faithful with it now i tell everybody that i talk to just try this 30 days mm -hmm. if you can do it for 30 days see where you're at at the end of those 30 days i promise you it, it works mm. no yeah no I, I agree with you um obedience you know he requires obedience not sacrifice you know i think a lot of people think that they need to sacrifice certain things in their life you know and that's i think that's what turns them away from a relationship with christ i don't want to say religion because 
what we believe in is not a religion. It's not. And I want to make the distinct uh, barrier between the two because it's not about religion. It's about relationship. Jesus came to abolish religion, right? Religion is uh, man-made. We're come to talk about Jesus Christ and the relationship that he wants for us, you know, because he loves us. Like you said before, you know, we love because God first loved us, right? right? And that's what I want people to understand. It's not about uh, doing the Our Fathers, the Hail Marys, and, and doing good and and all this stuff, you know what I mean? Thinking you can earn your way into heaven because you can't. Right. You know, the Bible says specifically that apart from me, you can do nothing. And it takes us abiding in him and in his word, you know, reading the scriptures. How do you get to know somebody? How do you get to know your kids? Right. You spend time with them. Time is influence. And that's the same thing we need to do if you want a relationship like we have with Jesus Christ. It takes time. We have to make time for what is important in our life and if you want that foundation like lane's talking about it's going to take you guys stepping up getting up a little bit earlier or whatever you you need to do and spending time and it starts with something simple just rolling out of bed and saying god thank you for giving me air in my lungs today amen thank you for allowing me to be alive today something simple you know the bible says that if we acknowledge him in all our ways, he will direct and guide our steps. I think that's why today more men who have been charged to lead their families are so confused in which direction they should go. It's because they're not asking God to direct their steps. They're not acknowledging him. And all it takes is that simple little God, thank you for allowing me to be alive today. That's yeah. acknowledgement, guys. You know, God says that if you have faith the size of a mustard seed which is Mm -hmm. the smallest seed on earth if you have faith the size of a mustard seed you can move mountains so it don't take much and like like you said religion is it it gets watered down it gets passed around it gets twisted and turned Mm -hmm. uh it's all from one from god you know and sacrifice like you said sacrifice what is a sacrifice you know we sacrifice things daily to get where we want in life or to to be able to buy that car to buy that house or to get that promotion we sacrifice so what how big of a sacrifice in the grand scheme of it all is it to get up in the morning and say thank you god thank Mm you you know I'll, i'll tell the men out there that's listening if you want a relationship that is on fire start talking to your wife about god Y'all pray together. Uh, me and my wife went to a better marriage conference uh, a couple months ago, and it really opened my eyes up on how women think and how men think and the love languages and stuff. And we we put into effect. And when we come home the first night and do it every night, we pray together. Mm-hmm. And just that little step, you know, to, to watch how she watches me when I pray or when I talk about God, the love in her eyes mm-hmm. and vice versa, it it, it is sent an already great relationship to the moon and the, the love, you know, I, I never knew love before. Keep in mm-hmm. mind, my love was distorted. My love was destroyed. It was a nasty, dirty thing. Mm-hmm. And then when God picked me up and washed me clean, that new creature was born. He said, a love inside of my heart, that, that agape love, that love that keeps going on and on and on that love mm-hmm. that God had that he sent his only son to die on the cross for us, for mm-hmm. us. You know, and he loves us that much that he's forgiven every wrong thing that I've done, every wrong thing that you did. He he forgets about them, never to be brought up again. He loves us that much, and all he wants is our love. You know, mm-hmm. our love or our God, out of all the little G gods in the world, we got a big G God. You know, out of all the other little G gods in the world, our God is the only loving, caring, and forgiving God. You got mm-hmm. all these other gods that people follow that rule them by fear, rule them by, you know, the, the, the hard hand of a dictator, our God, all he wants is our love mm-hmm. and our time. And you don't have to do like you hear people uh, say in their prayers, these elaborate, Oh, father, it ain't about that. It's about just like you would talk to your dad, a yep. sincere prayer. My God, thank you for this meal. Thank mm-hmm. you for the money in my bank account. God, thank you for the weather. It's not it's meant to be elaborate. It's meant to be sincere. The, mm-hmm. the love, of a child to a father and vice versa. That's what it's about. I think there's a breakdown too, though, Lane, because a lot of guys don't have a good reference 
to uh, an earthly father, right? Because we refer to our earthly father in a sense, you know, like when we call God our father as well, right? Our heavenly father. Well, if you had a bad example of a heaven or an earthly father, then you're not going to want to go to God the same way, right? Um, that's why it's important as us, as fathers, as husbands, to really walk the walk, right? Um, if we're not being someone that our children can emulate, what do you think they're going to do when you make the changes in your life and you start telling them, hey, you, we need to go to church and stuff like that? They're going to be like, hey, man, dad's telling us to go to church. He's telling us about this God. But yeah, he's treating us like crap. And when he goes to church, he's high-fiving all his friends and acting a certain way. But with us, he's sending us a different message. You know what I'm saying? And I think oh, that's where, where it's so important that we walk the walk as, as, as leaders. That we have been charged with leading our homes. And I think that's where there's a breakdown with the new generations coming up. Is because for so long, we've told them all these different things about God and at the same token, we misrepresented God to them. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, and all you got to do there is just ask for him to take it away from, you know, I, I was struggling a while back with profanity. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we hear it at work. Uh, we hear it on TV. We hear it everywhere. And it's only natural for us to pick that up. Uh, mm -hmm. If we're around it, you know, my dad always said, if you go to a barbershop long enough, you're going to get your hair cut eventually. And the same thing with profanity. And, you know, I, I had to start praying daily. God, please take this from me. I was, mm -hmm. I was deeply convicted every time I'd slip up and say a bad word. And like you said, people, you know, my wife said something when me and her first got together. You never know who's watching you and looking up mm -hmm. to you and admiring you. And it, it plainly states in the Bible that you would rather tie a millstone around your neck and cast yourself into the deep than to leave one of God's kids astray. You know, so you live in that double standard life. You could be leading somebody down the wrong road and you're going to have to answer for that at the end of time. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's, it's, is evident by watching the, the fruit that people bear, you know, and you know, they yeah. say, and I, I definitely believe if I'm doing it the right way, then I shouldn't have to tell you that I'm a Christian. I shouldn't yes. have to tell you that I'm a godly man. You can look at my walk. You can look at my talk and you look at the fruit I bear. Mm -hmm. uh, you shouldn't have to tell nobody. And if you're living that example, and like you said, you know, the, the family is under attack. Now, mm -hmm. with everything we got going on, we're in a spiritual warfare, whether you see it or not. The Christians are under attack. Mm -hmm. And if, if we don't stand up as men and take the reins and walk the walk and talk the talk and set an example by everything we do, then it's going to crumble. You know, yeah. I was, I was listening to something the other night and they said, they asked this question on a uh, family feud. What is mm -hmm. the most important relationship in the family? And the first person up said father. Mm. And when they revealed the score for that, it was zero, zero out of a hundred people agreed that the father was not the most important relationship in the family. Wow. And everything we believe in, everything we are starts with our father, our mm -hmm. father, give us life. He spoke and the world was created. He spoke and, and mountains were moved and he created us in his own image. So if the yeah. father is not an important relationship, then everything we believe is a lie. And I don't believe that father is where it starts, you know, and just because you don't have a dad, mm -hmm. I, I know a lot of good men that didn't have a good relationship with their dad or didn't have a good dad or didn't have one at all. Yeah. But our father in heaven is there for you to have a relationship with. And if you make yourself available and ready for him and start putting yourself in the situation, you can have people fill in that position. I'm around a lot of good men every day that I would, I would love to have them as a father, uh, accountability partners. And mm -hmm. if, if that fails, then I've always got God I can fall back on because I can look all through my life and he was there. He's never left me. I left him. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. For sure. Now I've seen Lane during these times, I've seen a lot of people hungry, a lot of people searching for, for a reason, right? They're, they're searching right now more than ever because of the, the times that we're living and stuff like that. They want to believe, but they don't know what to believe in, right? There's a lot of chaos out there, a lot of noise, as I call it. Um, you know, a lot of people are trying to return back, but they don't know where to go. You know, there's a story in the Bible that talks about the prodigal son returning, right? And in that story, it talks about how there's this one kid 
who decides to take his inheritance, right, which was his father's, and he takes it and he squanders it, spends it on on hookers and drinking and just uh, this crazy lifestyle, right? And he's so ashamed because he blows through all of this, right, that he doesn't want to return home because he's fearful. He's fearful of his father. Um, he doesn't want to be judged. He he knows he did a bad thing, and he decides to gravel and 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 go out into the world and you know just try to survive the guy was basically homeless you know if i was put it into today's terms you know living with the pigs and stuff like that so what do you think about that story there lane and that's that was originally my idea and my whole mm-hmm. driving force on our talk today and i've got i'm sitting here staring at it right now and that's luke 15 11 through 32 the prodigal son mm-hmm. and you know when he finally did come back home all he asked was dad give me a job as your servant mm-hmm. and he said my son that was gone is here. My son that once died is alive again. He -hmm. was lost, but now he's found. He, he put Gucci robes on him. He put, uh, Neil Lane rings on him. He killed the best calf to, to sacrifice for a meal. He welcomed his son back in loving arms, Mm -hmm. just like he had never even been gone. That's the love that our father has for us. Mm -hmm. We can stay gone. We can roll around the dirt with the pigs, but when we're ready, he's sitting there waiting with open arms and, you know, something else I was going to talk about was uh, the, the parable of leaving the 99 for the one. Say, mm-hmm. David, if you if you had 100 sheep and 99 of them were in your good graces, they were safe in the barn, but mm-hmm. one wandered away out into the wilderness at night, what would you do? I would personally, like if I'm living in the world and stuff like that, I would let that one go and worry about the 99 that I have that are being obedient. You know what I mean? But I'm not. But God, thank so. God we serve yeah. a loving and- <laughs> Yeah, thank God we serve a loving and caring God because Jesus left the 99, which granted, he loved the 99. He cared for the 99 because they were in his good graces. But he Mm -hmm. went out into the wilderness to save that one. He Mm -hmm. brought that one back home. And they say when that one comes back, when that one soul is saved from the Mm -hmm. depths of despair, from the pits of hell, that you can hear the trumpet sound in heaven and the angels rejoice when that one is saved. Not 99, when that one is. Mm -hmm. I think it's cool too in that, just that aspect right there where, you know, like I just discussed, I went to left, you know, but I'm not God. Um, But it's good to see the love because he he talks about in in, in the Bible too, how he doesn't want any one of us to perish. Right. He doesn't want any of us. And there's evidence right there where he was willing to leave the 99 to find that one that wandered on his own way. Right. That wanted to to experience life outside the fold. Right. And um, it's just a good example of the love that you discussed earlier. Uh, You discussed about agape love. Right. Well, agape love, there's different kinds of of loves out there. Right. According to Greek, uh, there's uh, phileo. There's. eros which is where you get your lust and stuff like that um the phileo is like the love of of your children and stuff like that but then you have the love that only comes from god and that is evident where he is willing to to leave the 99 to find that one and that right there is the love that you're talking about and that love covers a multitude of sins so when we're walking in that love that only god can give us the love that he plainly showed for us when he died on the cross for each and every one of our sins. When he gives us that and we experience that, there is nothing we cannot forgive. Right. Right. You know, you know it's only natural as humans. You know, we, we don't have that power with, no, as, as a fallen human, if you were to do me wrong, chances are I may forgive you, but we never forget about it. Yeah, it was always there, but our, our Father in Heaven, when we ask for forgiveness, He throws it away, never to for, never to remember it. It's wiped clean from our slate, mm-hmm. and that's that's power and that's love. It, it truly is love. Absolutely. Yeah, and I was that uh, I was thinking earlier about uh, another verse I had read not long ago, uh, Proverbs chapter fourteen, uh, verse twelve and thirteen. It states, "There's a way that people think is right, but mm-hmm. it leads only to death." Laughter might hide your sadness, but when the laughter is gone, the sadness remains. And that was, you know, when I read that, I think about the whole first chapter of my life. 
Mm-hmm. But then I think about Second Corinthians five seventeen when it says, "Behold, a new creation is born." That is so fitting. The the, the Bible is a living book, and yeah. so many people out there doubt it and want to say this couldn't have couldn't have happened. But that that book is living, breathing. It it, it speaks to so many people on so many different levels. And I, all I want out of life, I say, if I can leave a legacy, mm-hmm. all I want people to know is what God has done for me how much he loves us and then if he can do it for me brother he can do it for anyone because i was as lost as it gets i was at death's doorstep and didn't care to live and to where i'm at now and it's only by god's grace and it is it's a beautiful thing it really is it is mm-hmm. it's unbelievable and I, I can't you know I, when i took this job at bnb i one of the first things i asked them in in the uh, interview can i talk about god and they said, well, yeah, of course. I said, okay, because if, if I can't talk about God, I can't work for you. Because everything that I am right now, living and breathing, is because of God. God got me here. It's none of Lane. God did that. You know, so I've got to give him his props where, where it's deserved. And that's every day, all day, man. It, it's, it's beautiful. And I, I just hope that I can share it with others. And that's all I want. Mm-hmm. Well, you're definitely sharing you here on our podcast today, man. That's why we uh, wanted you back on here just to recap everything that's going on in your life um when we talked earlier in the week you said something that i wanted to kind of just touch on real quick um you have two other children correct yes sir first marriage okay yes, sir. how are they doing now like like, like uh, how's your relationship it's kind of a hurtful there? subject but you know to for the for the sake of everybody else we'll, we'll talk about it I, I haven't spoken to them maybe or my son once or twice since january my daughter i haven't talked to her since christmas you know it was a toxic relationship and i'm not passing blame on her because i did my wrongs too but uh she has managed to turn them against me and my wife um they they don't want anything to do with me they don't want anything to do with carmen and that hurts man i can't tell you how many nights i've cried myself asleep uh thinking about my kids and you know i I know that love of a father and i i pray for him daily i pray for her daily um i i pray that you know they can watch me from afar and see god in me and know that i love them uh and i'm I'm gonna hang on and keep fighting and hopefully good lord will bring them back around before something bad happens uh you know so that 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 hurts you know to 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 have children and want to be with them you know so i know I know the rap and the, the downside is I, I do my, I do my right thing. I, I pay child support. I make myself available for them. Uh, but to, to try to call them and I'm blocked on their phone or send them messages with no responses, uh, you know, but I'm sure I'll get a phone call around Christmas, you know, wanting their Christmas gifts, but you know, it, I can't blame them. You know, the, the sad part about that is she's got them to where they feel like they're betraying her. If they have anything to do with me and their children, they don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I pray that God still speaks to him because my, my daughter, she was on fire for God. Uh, she, she got a reward at church when she was seven or eight for memorizing 123 Bible verses in a year. Mm-hmm. And I was so proud and to see her that early with such a full knowledge and understanding of God, it, it I couldn't have been a happier father. And to yeah. see where it's at now, I just, you know, I tell everybody if my kids were, were great, I wouldn't have nothing left to pray for. <laughs> so, right. uh, but yeah, that, that that's where that's at. No, and I don't bring it up to, to cause you pain or anything like that, Lane. The reason why I bring it up is because there's a lot of fathers out there that are going through that right now. Right. And it, it, it's sad. It's sad when uh, parents try to weaponize their children against the other spouse um and yeah. it's something that's so toxic and devastating and it's sad to see and i just wanted to touch base on that that way you could possibly um you know give our audience for those who are going through it some some bit of hope you know i like that you said that you continue to pray and that prayer that you have right there i believe wholeheartedly that that's a prayer that god will answer you know the bible talks about praying right pray in all things right and praying within his will and i believe that's a prayer with that's within his will for for your children to come back you know those prodigal sons and daughters to come back to their father you know malachi 4 6 talks about changing the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the children's hearts back to the fathers before the great and coming day of the lord right i think that's Mm -hmm. where the time that we're falling into more than ever right now where children are gonna 
you know, it takes the change. The shift there is if you listen to that scripture is that the fathers need to reach out. And just like you, you just need to continue, continue to love them. Right. I had a past guest, Brandon Joffe, who's a licensed clinical social worker. He talked, you know, you know, when he does his, uh, his coaching and his counseling and stuff like that, he's always telling people you can love your kids, but you need to love on them. And that's right. exactly what you do when you're just sharing that agape love, when you're, you're loving your children, when you're not misrepresenting God, when you're showing consistency with them, you know, and that right there, eventually I believe will get them to make the change and reach out, you know? Oh, yeah. And, you know, people focus so hard on being hard and being, yeah. being tough, you know, but it, you know, Carmen made a comment the other night about how emotional I am now that, uh, you know, I, I made the changes and God's worked in my life, you know, but I spent so long in my life suffering in silence and in pain and not able to cry or wanting to cry and couldn't that, mm -hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm very emotional now and I'm very in touch with my feelings, uh, you know, but men need, need men need to let their children see them suffer to see them to see them cry to see if they have emotions let their let their wives mm -hmm. see them as a soft person let them be a soft place to land or a warm shoulder to cry on and like you said just love on them you know you you can watch an animal that has never a dog especially you're going to see a dog that has never been petted or showed love and see their temperament uh yeah it's, it's sad to watch same thing with kids um you know i i've seen kids in the past that come from troubled homes and that had never had anybody love on them, but to watch that child receive their first hug, uh, mm. it, it, it does something to them. And, you know, I, I remember some of the safest moments of my life that I felt was being sick and being in my mom's lap, laying my head on her chest and hearing a heartbeat. I can close my eyes and reminisce about that all day long. And I had great parents that loved on me, you know, so my heart goes out to those that didn't come up like that. Um, but I know there's also a love out there that, that's greater than that you know so i'm on i'm gonna continue to pray for my kids and pray for those out there that's suffering alone and suffering in silence and you know, my heart goes out to them because i've been there hmm. yeah no thank you for that lane no it's, and you're absolutely true man that hug does amazing things i know when my daughter's having a, a rough day at school or even my sons sometimes instead of giving the lecture they just need a hug you know, cause I can yeah. sit there and tell them, well, well, you're doing this and this is this. And, you know, as fathers, we can, we can kind of get down on them. Right. Cause we want the best from, but that necessarily isn't the best remedy. Right. At the, at the, at that present time, sometimes just all they need is a hug, bro. That's it. And it's amazing how that hug, even though they're kind of fighting it or whatever at the moment, after two or three seconds of doing that, it's just like a relief for them. Yeah. It's they give up and melt. Yep. Yeah, I'm gonna, think, uh, yeah. Before we get off here, I want to add one little thing that I forgot to bring about, you know, tell mm -hmm. you kind of how God works. Um, when I went through that Celebrate Recovery, like I said, I got to speak and openly about uh, what happened to me as a child and healing from it, moving on. Mm -hmm. But I always ask the question, what does true forgiveness for me to him really look like? How do mm -hmm. I truly forgive? Me not killing him or putting him in jail was forgiveness enough, right? Yeah. So I struggled with that question. I always harbored that little bit. I wasn't completely over it. And I would still have those fleeting moments where I would get mad or get emotional thinking about it. And we woke up one Sunday morning late and the devil was on me, man, and trying to convince me that you know, I was too tired to go to church. So I had done, told her, we're not going to church today. And she got up and she said, get dressed. We're going to church. God's got something to tell me or you. I feel it. Get ready. So, of course, I grumbled and I did what mama wanted to do. So I got up and got dressed and we were late getting to church. And as we walked in, we sat on the very back right side of the church on the next to last row. The last row was empty. Mm. And when we got in, the uh, they were just finishing praise songs and they started preaching and the, the sermon was on the Lord's prayer specifically, forgive me of my trespasses as I forgive those who trespassed against me. And I knew immediately who that was for. It was for yeah. me. You know, of course, Carmen looked over at me and kind of gave me that grin and said, <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, baby, you're right. We, you know, God had something to speak. And, um, as it went on, man, I just started becoming an emotional mess. Uh, mm -hmm. I was, all the emotion was coming out of me, the things I had been holding in that I truly weren't over yet. And by the invitation song, man, I was just a, a melted mess in my hands. I was crying. I was sobbing. I was weeping. And I felt a hand on my right shoulder. And the guy leaned up and said, God asked me to pray for you. 
So when I turned around, I just melted into his arms, David, and I was sobbing on his shoulder. And 95% of his prayer, he spoke in tongues, but I interpreted every bit of it. Mm. And the prayer he, he prayed was, your shoulders are broad, but God's are broader. The mm -hmm. burden that you carry is no longer yours to carry. Lay it at the foot of the cross and move on. Mm. And that was it. And I saw that guy one time, his name was Eric. And I've been back to that church a lot. And I've never seen that man again. Mm -hmm. um, call it what you may. But from that day on, I left at the foot of the cross and I left it there for God to handle. And, uh, if I can just continue to do that, uh, with everything that I come across as a, as a hard thing to deal with or whatever, if I can just all lay everything on God, then mm -hmm. we're going to be all right. No, amen. I agree a hundred percent. You know, some of the burdens that we carry, we're never meant to carry right as men. Um, we got financial burdens. We got, uh, clothing our children providing a roof uh presiding protecting all these different things right that nowadays you know it, it's it's been like that since the beginning of time but i mean i think it's even more prevalent now you know there's a lot of uncertainties that are going around you know a new epidemics new this new that you know these are different anxieties that are thrown at us as fathers that we got to carry right and we are never meant to carry that much weight, right? One of the things that my wife told me, and it made a lot of sense when she said it, because I've heard it before, but sometimes it takes that person to, to really reach you. And she tells me, she says, God's burden is easy. His yoke is light. So if you're always in an uphill battle and you think this is God's will because you're constantly fighting, you're constantly asking yourself, Man, why does this, why doesn't this change? Why does it feel like I'm going through this again? You need to reassess what you're doing and you need to go to God and be like, okay, instead of asking him why it's happening, start asking him, what am I supposed to learn from this, Lord? Amen, brother. Amen. You know, I think that's a big thing right there, you know, because I asked for so long, why do I have to go through this? Why am I why moving me? to California? Why me? Why did I have to go through this? Why Why did my wife have to get sick? Why do we have to go through all kinds of uh, uh, painful things in our marriage? You know, why did why did my, my child depressed? You know what I mean? All these different things yeah. that I had to go through, you know, and finally I had to just ask God, okay, what is it that you're trying to tell me here? What am I, what am I not doing? Right. Cause obviously you're all, you're God, not I. Right. Mm -hmm. And I don't know what's going on. You see the big picture and I'm tired, tired of doing things my own way, tired of trying to make things happen on my time. Literally I was burning myself out, bro. Oh yeah. You know, it, they, I've heard it said that, you know, the things that we're going through at this present time, you know, God's got a, got a perspective from way up, so to say, you know, heaven is uh, assumed to be up in the clouds, you know, picture God looking down from above. He can see our life years in advance. So what you're going through right now, when one door closes, another one's open and it's all falling in line to where you want, where he wants you to be. You know, and I, I, I try to relate this to everybody. If you think God's not around, he's not having control of your life. Just make yourself there, make yourself available and be ready. Whatever comes, just be ready, be a servant, be willing, make yourself available and you'll see him show up and show out. Mm. Yep. No, definitely. He will show up. He is never, never late. <laughs> no, sir. All right. He's, He's never late. He's always on time. And it seems like in my life, what I've seen God, the way he shows up is it's right at that last moment. Like, Right, like, right. Thank yeah, you. yes. It's like, <laughs> oh my God, I can't handle this no more. Uh, it's I'm gonna go the other way because you know you start panicking, kind of. You know what I mean? Like, man, if if you don't come through on this, I'm gonna have to do something. You know, and it's one of those deals. And it's like, oh, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. And right at the last moment, boom, God shows up powerfully. And I think the reason why He does that is to show you, man. For one, it's stretching you just like a muscle, right? Anybody yeah. who works out or does any kind of physical thing, you know, it, it takes stretching. It takes uh, 
momentum. It takes all these different things is tearing right. And our muscles for them to grow. And it's the same thing. He's stretching us at that moment. He's stretching our faith so we can trust him more, you know, in the situations. And it's crazy because that situation there where you didn't think you could trust him and he came through, guess what? The next time you go through something like that, because you're continuously getting stretched, right? Yep. You're going to have to rely back on that one and fall back to that memory and be like, all right, God, you were faithful here. You were faithful right here. And I trust in you. And I'm standing on this because you came through during this time. And I'm believing you're going to come through here at this last and in this next, next level, right. That we're going through. And that's how the walk's supposed to be. I believe. Oh yeah. And you know, I think if, if men are really get honest with ourselves, every man's worst fear is of being a failure. Yeah. You know, and when you talk about that being stretched, uh, what comes mm. to mind and what I always fall back on and try to remind myself of that it's like being forged in fire. You take mm-hmm. a raw piece of steel, raw piece of iron, you put it in fire to it's glowing red hot. You pull it out, you beat the crap out of it over and over and over and stick it back in the fire, pull it out to it's, when it's red hot, beat it, beat it, beat it, beat it. And before long, something starts getting forged. It starts taking shape. And mm-hmm. time after time and time after time of going into the fire, being pulled out, being beat, put back in the fire, pulled out and beat before long, you got a finely edged shaped weapon, mm-hmm. uh, a sword forged in fire. And it don't get there overnight. It's many times of going into the fire and coming out and being beat till you can't stand it and going back in for some more, mm-hmm. but you're there, you're going through it and, and God's doing it the whole way. Uh, you know, so it, it perfection don't come overnight. Perfection no. is a is a, a, a marathon. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Mm, no, you're absolutely right. It doesn't come overnight. It's it's continuous. It's it you know it's painful at times, right? Um, it's the same thing even with our children, right? And I like to say this because with our kids, we sometimes get upset and take offense to when they're acting up right but what we need to fall back and rely on and remember is that they are in training we are disciplining our kids and disciplining which means training is going to take a process it's no different than having the sapling growing in your backyard right that's growing out of 45 degrees you don't go out there and apply pressure to straighten it out right away you're going to snap that little thing it's the same thing with our kids you got to apply pressure in a way that causes it over time to shift in the direction in which way it should go. And it's no different with us. That's what God's doing to us. You know, what we see in our children, God, you know, when we take offense to our kids or we see our kids and we're, we don't like something they do at that moment, we need to ask ourselves, okay, God, what are you trying to show me through my, through my child? What do I need to work on? Is it patience? Because right now I'm not showing them love or patience. Right. And that's what we need to ask ourselves during that time is, okay, God, what are you trying to show me here? Not why did you give me a strong will child, but what, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome, man. It's, it's awesome. All the correlations that we see through, through scripture, through uh, everyday life, through parenting, through being a husband, through line work. I mean, there's tons and tons of examples. If we open our eyes, we can see, god working through us even at our our our, our jobs you know oh yeah oh yeah and that's it's like today you know we we didn't plan this this come up pretty quick and you know Mm -hmm. told you i just wanted to open the floor and let god take his place and man you look at the talk we have had man there's been some god spread around on this podcast i'm telling you it's been great man i've greatly enjoyed this david It's, it's been wonderful absolutely well lane thank you for coming on brother and sharing your story again I know it brings tremendous value to those who are listening. Um, if anybody wants to get a hold of Lane, I'm going to give you an opportunity now, Lane, to, to put it out there, how they can reach you, if you don't yeah, mind. My, my cell phone number is 601-850-8810, or I can be reached by email at J as in Jeremy, L as in Lane, P as in Price, 2284 at iCloud.com. Uh, you can look me up on Facebook. Uh, I'm on facebook as well i'd love to speak to anybody uh you're going through struggles hurts or hangups man my, my phone's always on i'm always out there to help a brother out 
Uh, it's only through God and through y'all that I'm here to be able to speak about it. And I am so thankful for that. David, I'm thankful for the show up. Dad, I am so happy to see what God's doing in your life and uh, seeing that you're a willing servant to, to be led by him out there doing what you're doing. Uh, I pray Godspeed to you, brother. And I greatly appreciate the opportunity to be able to come on here and speak about God in my life. Amen. Thank you, brother. You take care. God bless you too, brother. Yep.